pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. It's now time to catch up with my latest canine behaviour slot on Magic Talk FM with Roman Travers on the Sunday Cafe. Roman Travers, Magic Talk. You might recall the story in the news from last week about the couple determined against all odds to find dice and weed. They're two dogs, by the way, they're two dogs that were taken from them quite some time ago. They haven't lost hope in finding them, and with your help, they might just do that. Darren Rowe, our dog behaviourist, he's a specialist from Mindfulness for Dogs, is with me. Darren, this is a really sad story of um, gritty determination, isn't it? It is, Roman. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. yeah, I, I think I would really struggle with that if, so, if that, something like that happened with my dogs. And, and all credit to these two for, for keeping that alive. And um, hopefully today we can help them to uh, to keep that story and get that story out there even more. Mm. So just going back to the story, tell us more about that. The lady, is it uh, Louisa Andrew? Is it is right? Louisa, yeah. 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 So what so, happened? Yeah, so, so they're down in Otago um, and their dogs, I, I'm not sure the, the exact story of how the dogs um, got you know, got lost, but um, they've had various sightings of the dogs being around and people have thought they've seen them, but there's only been a couple of sort of like very clear sightings of the dogs mm. and um, it's really just down to, to people being quite vigilant and, and there's, there's hundreds of dogs out there that, that are lost and, and are not found, so it's amazing to see these guys. Um, I think it must just their whole life, uh, whole life's um, mission at the moment, I would say, to bring those dogs back home. Mm. Is it is it the case we always make a presumption, don't we, that a, a, a sort of a stocky-looking breed of dog is going to be stolen for purposes that are pretty horrible? But is that the case? No, I don't think so. And and it's one of those things, isn't it? Is a dog stolen, or is it? Um does it sort of get picked up with the best intentions? So mm. I, I'm probably guessing these little dogs, there's a little Jack Russell, uh, sorry, Foxy Terrier and a little Poodley dog. Mm. And um, I think what's probably happened is someone's seen them, taken pity on them, thinking that they got lost. And rather than doing the right kind of things in terms of taking them to the vets or taking them to the dog control, they've, they've decided to look after them. And, and it's probably having a, you know, they're just in someone's home at the moment, I would imagine. Yeah. And they just don't realise that there's somebody else's. Well, someone would realise, wouldn't they? Even if your neighbour, who you knew forever, didn't have dogs and suddenly had them, that would be your first question, wouldn't it? Oh, you've got some dogs. Wow. You, would, you would think so, yeah, you would think so. But um, mm. I suppose if they've been there for six months and they become part of the family, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah what a horrible thing to do, though. It is. Because it is. you know more than anyone that <coughs> dogs do have a real connection with their, their masters, with their owners, don't they? Completely, yeah. And um, I mean, it can take, I mean, when, when you rehome a dog, it can take months and months for them to get over that uh, that loss, um, it's, which it really is, isn't it? It's a loss that they've um, lost their owners. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, yeah. All right. So if someone wants to be relatively anonymous and help out in the situation, what's the best way to connect their dogs with their owner again? So, so for me, I think um, people... The best thing really is if you see a dog and you're not, you know, it's, it's just roaming around, the best thing is to phone dog control. And I know a lot of people might think that, oh, I don't want to phone dog control because then they'll, they'll put the dog down and that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's not the case, okay, guys. So dog control, are, well, we pay them to do this job, so we may as well get them to do it. So they've got this um, amazing thing called a register, which when people register their dogs, and that's why you register them, mm. they can find your dog, they'll find your dog's home within a couple of minutes. If it's registered, they'll be able to get it to you. Now, I know 
a lot of people have said to me, well, you know, you have to pay to come and get them. Well, so you should. If you lost your dog and your dog gets out, they, they pick it up. They'll come and pick it up. They then keep it maybe for a few days and pay for its um, food and housing and then all the administration. So I think they charge them like $50, $60. That's not a lot of money, really, to make sure your dog gets home properly. Oh, wow. So I think that's I think that's the first important thing. The other thing is microchipping. Um by law now you have to microchip your dog i think or tattoo them but microchips are absolutely useless if you don't register your dog in the pet the lost pets uh, new zealand lost pets um, website because um when i was working in the SBCA, you could we, we got dogs and cats in all the time and it was a, a standing joke oh they got a microchip oh they're not they're not logged mm. so you have to go into I and mean, it's quite simple it's just the animalregistry.co.nz you basically just go there and it's 15 dollars to register your dog um, okay. You can do it online. I, I did the two puppies last night. It took me about five minutes. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. And, well, I've yeah. got some really good news, actually. Uh, our producers have done a very good job, and they've got Louisa on the phone. Oh, G'day, Louisa. Fantastic. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Now, good morning, Louisa. This is a really sad story. Do you want to recap the story for us about your lovely little dogs, Dice and Weed? Um, yeah, sure. Well, we... I lost the dogs myself. I had them at home one day. It had been a week of a lot of rain and the dogs were full of beans and I shot home one lunchtime to feed our chooks, let the dogs out of the car, all of the dogs, we've got quite a few, and those two dogs within about 90 seconds while I was in the shed disappeared and we haven't seen them since. Oh, okay. Wow. Darren, have you got yeah. some questions you'd like to ask? Yeah, uh, do, do you think they, they've got the scent of something? Because uh, fox terriers are, are notorious, aren't they, for getting the scent of rabbits and that sort of thing and just heading off? Yeah, so they'd never left the place before, ever. They okay. always usually went to the bush at the back of our place, obviously chasing rabbits and things. But we think what happened this day is that they got sight of a rabbit probably over by the road, the gate, and... Mm. Normally they wouldn't go out, but they've shot over on the chase and they've disappeared into the farm next door. And obviously we know, we've spoken to our neighbours and we, we know they didn't see them. Mm. But all around that whole area is tourist r- routes. And at that time of year, there were just hundreds of camper vans up mm. here all around, all day, every day. So we wow. think they got picked up. Yeah, gosh. Darren, is it likely that these dogs, knowing each other very well and being companions, would still be together in a natural sense, or would they have been possibly separated? I would like to think that they're together. That would that would make me feel happy. Um, you, you just never know, do you? Um, I think you said that there, Louisa, that there was a, a sighting at the beginning. Was it in November? I think where they were hooked up against a caravan or something like that. Someone said. That's right. Yes, we didn't think that anyone <coughs> would pick up our dogs. To be honest, so mm. for four weeks. We took, we took instant leave, and I started searching immediately, obviously. And we searched this whole peninsula with a fine-tooth comb. Day after day, we were out there searching. And it wasn't until we got a bit of media coverage about a month on that a man who doesn't have social media or um, even a cell phone said he had been working at a freedom camp area mowing lawns, and he'd seen about a month earlier two little dogs looked like exactly like the dogs that were shown on the TV. He said they were tied by garden twine to a van and it struck him as odd because travellers don't usually have dogs and they wouldn't be tied with no collars and things, which yeah. the dogs just didn't have collars on when they mm. ran off. Um, so we think, yes, that probably was them, but unfortunately we focused solely on the searching and we didn't really put it out um, wide enough, early enough, I think, for mm. us to have found them quickly at the time. 
Yeah, Louisa, just a quick question. Were they <coughs> chipped? I'm not sure if you said that, if they were microchipped or not. Yes. They were. Yes, okay. they're on the national database. They are yeah. chipped. But yeah, what but we've really... learned is that um, <coughs> if, you know, often vet practices are busy and they don't scan everything that comes in. So mm -hmm. if whoever's got the dogs took them into the vet and presented them as their own dogs, it's quite possible they wouldn't be scanned, All which right. is unfortunate. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Is a shame. Um, for for our listeners, um, what what if they want if they thought they saw the dogs? What do they look like? Is there any sort of outstanding sort of features on the dogs? They're very little. Well, yes, <laughs> they are quite small. Dice is a small uh, miniature poodle. <coughs> he's he's actually in between a toy and a mini, so he's a bit smaller. He's more the Jack Russell size. He's thirty six centimetres tall and okay. weed is a Jack Russell cross we think and she is about thirty centimetres tall. So they're pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. Well look I, I wish you all the very best Louise. And now if people are fans of social media and want to connect with you, how would they find you and get information to you? Yes, they could go on our Facebook page and that is Dice and Weed and Weed has got three E's in it because the word weed isn't popular on Facebook. <laughs> so it's Dyson Weed with three E's, bring them home. And we, we, we're we on that all the time, updating mm. and putting things out. So, yes, we're easily contactable. Louisa, I wish you all the very best in finding your, your dogs. And people might be going, oh, it's just dogs, you know, but you get very connected. They're like yeah. members of the yeah. family, aren't they, Darren? They are indeed, yeah. I mean, mm. they are my life, I guess. So I totally understand yeah, indeed. All right, we're going to come back Thank in you, a moment and talk more about the statistics around dog registrations. Where are the hot spots? Where are the numbers around the country where dog numbers are growing rapidly? And when your dog's going haywire, when you can't make those commands be understood, it could well be your fault. And the man to help you with all of that is the wonderful patient Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Let's look at the regions, Darren. Where are the big numbers of dogs in New Zealand? Well, quite good for me, really, I guess. Um, one of the biggest growing uh, dog populations is actually Hamilton. Oh, right. <laughs> Waikato, yeah. Mm. So they had some, like, 79% increase or something stupid what? like that the last few years, yeah. Um, even even more than Auckland, it's only about 2 or 3%. D did you know there's over half a million registered dogs in New Zealand at the moment? Gee. And I think it's 1 in 20 households has at least one dog. Does that figure <laughs> differentiate between rural, hard-working dogs and just little poodles that sit around eating lollies? Oh, do you know, I don't actually know that one. Um, I would imagine that um, a lot of rural dogs, I assume they still have to be registered, but I'm not sure if it's mm. the same, is it? So no, I don't sure know it's either. the same database. Yeah, I'll have to check that one up, Roman. Mm. You've got me again. You've got me again. No, no, look, <laughs> I just throw these things in as they yeah. come to mind because it's it, it really is, as we've talked <coughs> about before, that whole love of dogs and loving dogs to pieces, but probably buying dogs that aren't suitable for where you live. Is that still yeah. something you see a lot? I do, unfortunately, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I guess the, the old thing is you, you really do have to do your research before you buy a dog. Don't just don't just buy one because it looks cute or someone says, oh, I can't keep it anymore, so I'll take it. Mm. Actually, really do your research and think, does it really work for you and your environment, your house, all that kind of stuff? Because it, it's, it's not going to work out otherwise. It no. really isn't. No, <laughs> yeah. it's not. All right. Definitely. The number to have a chat with Darren, who, he, of course, it's his business. He'd normally charge you. This is free. 0800 747. If you'd like to ask Darren a question around your dog, you might just have something that's not quite right and you're not getting that command to be understood by your delightful little border terrier, which, of course, <gasps> is the world's oh. best dog. Uh, <laughs> how easy is it? I, I know you're going to say it's easy because it's your job, but how easy <laughs> is it to train a dog? 
Well, it's it's. I'm actually going to uh, disagree with you. It's not easy to train a dog. I don't think, mm. um, because you. Dogs don't naturally, well, some dogs naturally want to work for us, okay, those working breeds, but but dogs have got their own agendas, haven't they? So so unless you make it something really positive for them, then they're going to probably find other things to do. So um, some of the things that we expect our dogs to do, I think, are pretty hard work. Um, sit the down, all those kind of things, pretty easy, but just stay there until I tell you to do something else. That's quite a hard one. So you've got to make it worthwhile for the dog. Mm. Um, and if you don't, then training's really hard. If you do, then training's really easy. just depends on how motivational you are, <laughs> I <All> guess. Right. <laughs> now, for the likes of people like Louisa, who had two dogs, Dice and Weed, is it a good idea to get two puppies at the same time? time Ooh, <laughs> i love it i actually adore having two puppies because there's so many things you don't have to do but there are a hundred and one other things that you do have to do and so so if you're not a, a seasoned um dog trainer or dog owner yeah. i would probably strongly recommend not to get two puppies at once yeah yeah but but we love it we love it and mm. we've done it quite a few times now and it's not really been a, a major issue the only thing you do get is that separation anxiety problems between the dogs mm. and sometimes normally you'll find that one will be more introverted and one will be more extroverted so you have to make sure you're developing both confidence in both dogs yeah Okay, that um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. For, the, for the best advice, do call now, 0800 844 747. Jan, what sort of dog have you got? I, I've got a poodle. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, but Good morning, uh, Jan. I just inherited her about five, five weeks ago. She's a real lovely dog, but the trouble is she's got only got three legs and it's one of the front ones that are missing oh, oh that's quite hard on a dog the front one isn't it it's much harder than the back one wouldn't get a warrant of fitness yeah. no <laughs> yeah. no well i had um, tried and tried to get something like wheels that you can see but nobody seems to know to know anything and um it's always for a back leg not a front leg yeah oh. i don't think i've seen anything for front legs like that um no, I wouldn't even know where to start there, uh, Jan, unfortunately. Well, um, teach her to walk backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is she okay? Is she, she's fine in herself now, yeah? She's fine, she's fine in herself now. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. except that she hits her nose every now and again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might want to um, do some sort of hydrotherapy or something like that just to make sure those muscles stay formed. Um, just Because yeah. hydrotherapy is quite good because it doesn't put any stress on the dog. Um, and that way, yeah. the because the, it's what what normally happens is they compensate, so they'll push their weight back into the back legs, and that can sometimes throw the the whole distribution of the dog out, and then they start having problems in the back legs as well. So you really want to look after those dogs. Uh huh. Jen, no. that's a real thing you've undertaken. It's a real yeah, it's gesture huge. of kindness, isn't it, that you've taken on a dog? Well, she's eleven, but I love oh. it. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Well done. Hey, Jen, I hope that goes well from you. And, and I hope that you can actually jump on board um, and find some advice. There'll be someone, there'll be a vet somewhere who yeah. knows about prosthetics for, for front legs. Hey, Darren, does it tend to put a lot of pressure on that very, the, the only front leg they've got? Does it put more pressure on that and make arthritis well, more of an issue? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, Charlie would probably be the best person to speak about that one, but certainly um, uh, they're bound to change their, their weight distribution. Um, 
and it's, you normally find that the, the muscles in that get fatigued quite quickly. Okay. So you wouldn't be sort of running the dog for 20 kilometres like the, the guy that was on a couple of weeks back. Definitely not. Yeah, all right. I've got yeah. the, a couple of texts firing in here. You can fire yours through on 3920, but jump on the phone. It's always better to have that conversation with Darren Rowe, 0800 844 747. The text says, why are some dogs so trainable and others not? My shih tzu is super highly intelligent but will not do well, actually will do what she wants when she wants no matter how much praise treats and clicking the breed maybe says the texter i'm so jealous of people that can walk their dogs without leads <laughs> well but some dogs i guess are um it's bred into the line isn't it so you're herding dogs you're guarding dogs all those kind of things that are naturally bred for working then that will be within the line um, not to say that they're easy to train because anyone that's got a German Shepherd or a Border Collie knows that you've really got to know what you're doing with them. Mm. But some of the, the smaller dogs, I think they get bored quick. And um, as, a, as a person, we have a habit of overtraining. So, so for me, if I'm like with the puppies, I'm training a sit at the moment. We we're 17 weeks old. We just started training the sit. Mm. And yesterday I got one perfect sit after two minutes. That was it. That was training over. Mm. I'm not going to then ask the dog to sit, sit, <laughs> sit, sit like a hundred times because they're just going to go, well, what's the point of that? I've done it once. Yeah. So I think sometimes we overtrain the dogs and that's why they get switched off. And it might just be that they just, it's like, well, I've had enough now, go away. Yeah, <laughs> and the little sense. dogs do that all the time. <laughs> now, Elaine has texted through to remind us, good morning, please remember when you microchip your dog, you must take that number to your council, not just put in lost pets register yes. or with yeah. vets. Now, tell me about that because I thought the vet would automatically upload that information to the council somehow no oh. so so that's one of the things that um that i think the only place that do that is the spca for you when you um when you adopt a dog or a cat from the spca they actually put it in the database for you okay. so so the when you get a dog from a breeder or whatever um it's your obligation they may well have microchipped the dog for you and they'll give you a form but mm. it's your obligation to then go onto the website or phone them up and get it um registered it's 15 dollars. but yeah you're right um you must give your um your council that number because um okay. that's what they'll scan straight away as they come in and i understand it's what fifteen dollars yeah it's fifteen dollars which like i say for um for the peace of mind that you know if your dog gets lost in the, in hundreds of miles away yeah. it's a national register there it's actually an international register as well i think um then you know your dog's going to be found yeah well your dogs yeah. can't travel at the moment much because of no, COVID, that's true. COVID-19 <laughs> all right moira i bet you moira has got a great dane am i right moira am i right mm. No, unfortunately not. (laughs) We've not had a great day, have we? (laughs) I've got a German wirehead pointer crossed with a heading dog. Oh, nice. He's three and a half, and he's really manic in the car. It doesn't matter whether he's inside the car or in the back of the ute, he just won't (laughs) settle. Is that when you're driving? Yes. Yeah, so if you think about um, think about his nature, you've got the um, the herding dogs obviously coming through quite strongly. Yeah, so there's so many things. This is my take anyway. There's so many things going on around him, cars whizzing past that he has to control. That he's constantly probably trying to herd them, and of course they go so quick. And there's obviously a little bit of fear there, especially when they see something and it rushes past so fast. So my 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 thoughts would be that the best option for him to calm him down would be to to put a crate in the car, put him in a crate, safety as well really with that one, and then cover the crate over because then they can't necessarily see it. We've got a, a Border Collie Shepherd Cross um, Pixie that's the same thing. She'll be charging at the window and, and honestly at one point I thought she was probably going to go straight through the window, break, break the glass because she's hitting the window so quickly. Mm. So we put her in a crate, covered it over. She's sweet now. She's quite happy just sits there and lies down. Doesn't really want to deal with it. Mm. Mm. How's that, Moira? Oh, Does it help? Yeah. Yeah. 
Because yeah, it's, da- it's quite dangerous otherwise, isn't it, with dog bouncing around oh, the house? Totally. Uh, to find a car, sorry. Now, Moira, thank you for the call. Now, if you are looking for a big breed because you've got a great big lifestyle and you can afford and maintain a big dog, I bumped into a couple of Briards during last oh. week. Man, what a beautiful <clears throat> dog. Yeah, last time I trained a Briard was, um, oh, it must have been six years ago up in Auckland. Beautiful yeah. dogs. Aren't they um, huge? I've never seen oh, one before last weekend. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. And the grooming, though, man, if, if you've never seen one, the coats are just like, they just flow. Yeah, they do. And um, the amount of grooming you'd have to do for a breed to keep it sweet is a... Uh, well, <laughs> the other thing, too, of course, being a French breed, you'd have to learn French, you know. You'd have of course to learn, you would, yeah. Sit. Yeah. What's that in French? I don't know. Uh, Assez-vous, is it? Or is uh, I don't know. Stand up, I don't know. <laughs> I should ask my wife, she's a French teacher. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You had to feed all those baguettes and croissants. I oh, just couldn't be bothered. All right, here's a text that says, uh, do dogs hate being dressed up? The owners love it, but I'm sure the dogs don't. Why do people put dogs in people's clothing? That's a bit odd. Well, it's, I don't know, actually. Um, with, with the exception of the chihuahua, that I think you need to cope because they get so cold so quickly, um, I suppose there's nothing wrong with putting a coat on a dog or putting something on a dog. But one thing you need to, I think, be quite um, vigilant of is that it does change the body posture of a dog. Mm. And quite often, if you put, if you change the body posture, then other dogs can't read them. And sometimes they get in trouble because of that. Mm. So especially if it covers the tail and they can't use the tail properly, then that's certainly going to throw the behaviors out. Yeah. Um, right. So maybe that, I mean, and they're colorblind, aren't they? But I'm not quite sure if all dogs like walking around in fluorescent green and pink and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, sure I, that think, I think it's quite a sensible thing to do if you've got like a little oil skin with a wool lining for a dog yeah. and it gets cold. But as for putting yeah. on people's clothes and dressing yeah. them up to walk down Lambton yeah. Quay, that's a bit weird. It's not something I do, but um, yeah. I'm sure. A bit kinky. I wouldn't, wanna, I wouldn't, wanna, <laughs> wouldn't want to judge people oh, for that. No. I, I will. I'll do it for you. <laughs> you can do it for me. Okay. Dan has texted and saying, loving the show, I was thinking about those two missing dogs. Is it worth talking to the camper van companies to ask if they have any record of having clean dog hair out of one of their vans? I reckon this guy watches a lot of CSI in New Zealand. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not a bad idea. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure um, Louisa and... Uh, it's um, Alan's, I'm sure they've, they've thought of that one, but if they haven't, then definitely, yeah. Yeah, all right. Another quick text here. I've got a pet sitter, uh, but she's moving away. Is it okay to put my fox terrier in a cage while I'm at work? Um, so cage, cages, I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about a crate here. Mm. Um, there are recommended guidelines about how long you keep your dog in a crate, and I think for an adult dog, it's no more than a couple of hours, possibly three or four maximum i might be wrong on that one but um mm. i certainly wouldn't leave my dog in a in a crate all day no. um i would be buying a slightly bigger run for them or a pen area the only problem when you have a pen inside is that if it's not an enclosed pen then they jump out mm. um but yeah I, I wouldn't be leaving them in there for more than a couple of hours if it was my dog no all right so what's maybe the common- day, maybe daycare yeah, exactly, which yeah. costs as much as putting a child in there, but it's well worth it. it. You're going it to is. have a dog, you know, you, do the you work. Get the, you get the socialisation as well as long as they're okay with dogs. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you get to meet some wonderful people too. I've met some wonderful dogs in recent months. Those Briards, for example, if you don't know the breed, it's a bit bigger than an English sheepdog, but a similar yeah. look, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is very similar, yeah. but they're normally more the browns. They don't have the, the grey and white type colours. Right, okay. Um, the other dog I really like is the Leon Burger. Oh, that's a really big dog. All the Burmese. Sounds gorgeous. like a meal. A Leon yeah, burger. <laughs> Leon burger. Yeah, look yeah. it up. Okay. You, you could do well with Leon burger because they don't need a lot of exercise, so you could have them in the flat. Are you saying? I, are you saying I'm lazy? Well, they look a bit like a border terrier, but right. really, really big. <laughs> Darren, if people want to catch up with you and get some good advice or get you around to their place because you are wonderfully accessible when you're not on the AM show or on the Sunday cafe, how do people find you? 
Yeah, so you can you can find me on my website. It's um, mindfulnessfordogs.com, and that's with a number four. Mm. Or you can find me all over Facebook, or just type in Darren Rowe, and you'll probably get something for me there. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Darren. Thank you so much once again Cheers, for mate. all your expertise. Darren Rowe there from Mindfulness for Dogs. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.